Welcome to the CoLab, the only podcast for business owners who are committed to growth through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Get ready to put your heads together to boost your business to the next level with your hosts, the ultimate team players, Megan Marsh and Andre Munar. Today's topic is one of our favorite topics that we've recently been went through. <laughs> Leaving jobs, getting fired, firing somebody, D-Day, or whatever you want to call it. The exit. The exit. It's never a fun topic to talk about, but... Something everybody's gone through. It's business, right? And we try to tell people that it's business. It's not anything personal. Sometimes it's a personality clash. Sometimes people just aren't getting work done. And you just have to let them know. And, you know, we thought about this topic when we started the podcast and we really wanted to, you know, focus in the first season on, you know, building teams, building your business. And then this season, we really wanted to start talking about some of the nitty gritty. Some of the real things, you know, I think that business owners, when somebody opens a business, they, they think of all of the good things that come with owning a business, but there's also the back end part not so good things, which is the firing. And so we don't want any of you listening to feel like you're alone in that you hate, you know, having to let someone go. Or if you've been let go, because we've all been there, you're not alone. We have all been there. <laughs> right. And so we had to like think through our professional sphere of people who would be a great guest for, you know, today's podcast, you know, who's had some experiences that we know of. Um, and we're excited to, you know, introduce the business owner. Um, but before we do that, what do we still have to do, Andre? We still have our super secret questions, our special questions. Our special question. Do you want to start with the question you have for me, or do you want me to ask you? You go. You go first. I'm gonna go first. So the question that I found that I wanted to have you answer for everyone is if you got to time travel back to a different era, time, place, where would you travel to and why? Oh, I don't know if this is appropriate. <laughs> well, where do you want to travel to, Andre? Um, I think I want to be in like the hippie era. You know, where it was just like about love and peace and harmony. 60s and 70s? Was that then? When was that? <laughs> I don't know. Because I'd like to travel back to like, if anybody watches Outlander, back to Scotland in like the 1800s. Ah, yeah. That's a good one too. Like, totally different. <laughs> but sorry, this isn't my question. No. I, yeah, I mean, you know, you just hear people talk about just the love and the peace and um, what was that big festival they had was? Woodstock? Woodstock. Don't they yeah. still have Woodstock? I don't know. Do they? No? Does it exist? I know there's a big <laughs> one for like fish. You know that band that fish. Band. Not that band. People listening to like fish. Like, band fish band. heads. Fish heads. No offense to any fish heads. <laughs> but that would be the era that I would want to travel back to. Any era that you would want to travel back to? Like I said, I'd go to Scotland. I, I, I With absolutely... all the pipers? Is that right? Yes. <laughs> the kilts? Yes, the kilts. I don't know. I like my husband makes fun of me because I love historical movies and books and historical fictions, romances. I just, I, I love that stuff. And I love some of the movies and outlanders on the top of my list. But 
So I would travel back way ways. So this was an Although they had to stink. Without deodorant and stuff. That's the only Ugh. thing. I don't think I could handle that. I feel, though, that just with anything, they're, they're so used to that culture that it's just... All right. It's just an odor out there in the world for them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm still interested to hear what your answer is. Would you rather always say everything on your mind or never speak again? Oh, without a <laughs> doubt, say everything on my mind. Even if it gets us in trouble. Uh, yeah, I guess so. But you have to be outspoken. It's the only way that... Yeah, in a nice way. I mean, that's why communication patterns and how you say things is so important. Great topic for a podcast because... Two people can say the same things in different ways. Yeah. And one person can successfully, you know, sell their product, you know, start a relationship, whereas the other person doesn't. And it's all how you say things. Yeah. That is actually a good topic, communication. We'll we'll bring that up maybe here in the next season. Um, Then why don't I introduce today uh, a friend of ours, a business uh, owner, leader, someone that we respect that we wanted to uh, bring in. Uh, he's got a great laugh and he's got some really great stories. Uh, we're going to be introducing Sam Parker. Uh, Sam has 16 years and experience in the credit repair business. And he's been a key player in bringing quality and integrity to you know, what he calls a fragmented industry. It's, I mean, it's a really sensitive industry, people's credit reports and scores. You know, that's a tough thing. Um, Sam's vision for how to treat people, right? Do what you say you're going to do and add more value than any other credit repair agency has been a key formula for My Credit Guy. That's his business's name, My Credit Guy. Um, it's been the key to their success. It's more than just increasing credit scores. It's about getting people educated. Oftentimes, you'll see Sam on a stage or a webinar, reaching people coast to coast, teaching important lessons on how to fix bad credit. Uh, Sam's partner in crime is his wife and co-founder of My Credit Guy, Trisha, and he couldn't get it done without her. And at the end of the day, the most important thing in their world are their daughters, um, so we're really excited to bring Sam on. So here he comes. We are so excited to welcome Sam Parker today from My Credit Guy to talk about the exit, leaving jobs, getting fired, and firing someone. Hi, Sam. Hey. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. So good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And this is going to be a fun topic to talk about. It is. We had to think long and hard because I think everyone listening has had situations where they have been fired, they've exited a job, and it's always a really sensitive topic, like how it's handled, uh, how, you know, everything plays out afterwards. And so, you know, thanks for, for coming on this fun this fun podcast. Um, you know, can you first tell the people listening a little bit about yourself, uh, the company that you own and, um, how many employees you have just so they can get a feel for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name's Sam Parker. Uh, I own my credit guy, credit restoration. Uh, we're roughly five years old, but I've been in the industry for 16, 17 years now. Um, we have, uh, 31 employees now. Um, and, uh, we're hiring more right now. So we're just in kind of a, a, a rapid growth phase, uh, luckily. And 
you know, it's just uh, it's just a blast to, to own a company and build one and, to, you know, um, to deal with a crew of people that uh, all have the same goal in mind for the most part. But we'll talk about that uh, for the ones. Yep. Wow. 31 people. So I'm assuming you've had to fire some people as well. Never. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, man, I, I, I have. I have. It's funny the the progression that has happened. Um I'm still not good at firing. Like I hate it, but now I just have methods that help me get through it. But in the beginning, it was just so, so painful. I mean, it was, it, it was, I was bad at it <laughs> and, uh, and it, it was tough, I, but all I, of us are really bad at it. Nobody wants to fire someone, you know, but like yeah. maybe start, what are the, what are some of the reasons as an owner of a company that you that would need to people. fire someone? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really it's either performance or attitude typically. Um, and I mean, those are two pretty big, you know, areas, but it's either, you're just not getting the job done. Um, you're showing up late. Uh, you're setting a bad example, bad attitude. You know, our, our number one rule here at my credit guy as you know, cheesy as it might sound, I just don't care, is that you must be a pleasure to work with. I, I have a philosophy that, you know, we spend more time at work than we do with our family for the most part. So there's absolutely no chance that I'm going to let it be an environment that's not enjoyable to come to. So not only do you have to be good at your job, but you also have to be somebody that people like working with. Otherwise, it's fine that you have that attitude. It just isn't going to work out here. So, you know, so it's, it's usually just are you meeting my expectations? Um, and, and sometimes too, the other thing is people are just not good enough. And, and I mean, that's fine, but you just have to be able to say what it is and say, Hey, listen, this is just not a good fit. I'm sure there's one for you out there and I'm going to do you a big favor and let you go find that, <laughs> you know? So yep, and yeah, I like that philosophy. You have to be a pleasure to work with because we talk about cancerous people all the time. And if you're not a pleasure to work with, like you said, you spend most of your time at work, and if you're not a pleasure to work with, you gotta go. And have all of your firing, like, do you have a process if you're gonna let somebody go? Do you, you know, do you write them up? Like, tell us if you are gonna, if you think somebody might not be a good fit. Like, yeah, what so I, I will admit that right as we get bigger, we're gonna have to have more of a process for HR purposes and legalities and all that good stuff. As of right now, it's like I give people so many chances and the benefit of the doubt so much that by the time I'm ready to fire them, like I am ready to fire them. And so, and so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and so what I usually do, I'm not a great micromanager, but but my my hiring process is consistent with my firing process, meaning I will sit there and I'll say, hey, listen, I'm a kind of off-the-cuff owner here. I don't, I'm not going to stand over you. I'm not going to do this or whatever. I'm going to give you the tools you need to do your job. I'm going to give you some clear cut expectations. I'm going to give you people that you can talk to if you need help. And then I need to get what I'm paying for. And just so you know, if I'm not getting that, I will let you go very quickly so that you can move on and find that thing that you're going to be passionate. Are we on the same page with that? And I'll make sure going into it that I have a leg to stand on when I come back to them to speak to them about this, because then what I'll typically do is I'll let my managers kind of 
do their thing and, and try to get them to where they should be. But then if I have to step back in, it's going to be a conversation like, hey, do you remember when we when we talked when I hired you? And do you remember the clear cut expectations and what I called the non-negotiables? And th- those are some things I learned from our buddy, Renee Rodriguez. Um, but where I'll say, I'll say, these are my clear cut expectations. Are they clear to you? And do you understand that those are non-negotiables for me? Meaning that if you wouldn't do those, that you wouldn't really have a place here. Is that is that fair? Are we on the same page? And then I'll use that when I come back to them to say, hey, listen, we're off the we're not on the same page anymore. Because if you'll remember when I hired you, I needed you to do these things, and those things aren't getting done. Um, and so I just need to know if there's something that I'm not seeing that's, that's stopping you from, from completing these. And if they, at that point say, no, you know, I understand what I'm doing. Then I just say, you know, well, those are still non-negotiables. And then blah, blah. So I'll usually give them like one stern talking to. And then after that, it's just, you knew what I wanted. My managers have told you what I needed. You know what the job is. I talked to you again. And at this point, I, I don't want somebody that I have to constantly remind what I hired and paid you well to do. And have those, when you've had those conversations or, or let people go, have, has it gone okay? Or have you had some crazy, like, all of a sudden the office is flurrying with paper? Yeah, and no, I mean, I think with the culture <laughs> that we create here, people are typically pretty bummed out that they're not going to get to experience that anymore. And so that is more so the feeling that we usually have um, where it, they're like, oh, no, oh, my God, you know, this is it. Um and, and sometimes there's, I mean, there's been tears, there's been, oh my God, please. And, you know, stuff like that. Um, th- we've had a few angry people, um, but that was a bad hire. You know, if, if, if you know, if I hire somebody that's going to fly off the handle when I, when I fire them, then that was my fault in the hiring anyway. And so luckily I've gotten a little bit better at that, but I, you know, every once in a while you have people that don't want to take any accountability and that just, it just makes me feel so great about firing them when they're sitting there saying, you know, well, it was all, you know, if I would have just had and da da da, it's like, huh, that's crazy because there's like 30 other people that seem to be thriving in this environment. So, uh, yeah. Right. What's no. So you didn't you didn't have a water bottle thrown at your head like Andre did oh my by, God. by no, one not yet. employee. Not yet. But now I know I have something to look forward to. <laughs> But you're right, though, Sam, at the beginning, you said you either fire because of its performance or attitude. And at, when when you said that, I started thinking back through all of the people that I've fired, which has been a handful, and every single one has been because of performance or attitude. It's either you're not doing what we need you to do, or you're just cancers to our environment. And I'm sorry, but you've been fired. <laughs> you yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's like I say to them... It, of course, I don't want this to happen. I mm-hmm. hired to do a job and to do it really well. And now I'm in a position where that's not happening. And not only do I have to let you go, but now I have to find somebody who will do what you said you would for yeah. the money I've already paid you. So this yeah. isn't a good situation for me. Like if somebody gets difficult, I will maybe go there with them. Otherwise, I'll just if, if I'm so over them, then I'll typically just I'll tell them. Hey, if it's an attitude thing, what I'll usually say is, hey, listen, I don't play in games that I have no shot of winning. And with you, it just seems like no matter what happens, it's going to be something. There's always going to be something, some reason. Mm -hmm. And 
that's just not something that I have time for with how busy we are. And so, and then I'll always circle back to the, I, I want you to go find something that you're very passionate about and that's a great fit. And that's, that's not this at this point. So I'm going to let you do that. <laughs> you know, I, I try to empower them and say, look, this, this, this wasn't a good fit. You're not happy. I'm not happy. You don't want to be somewhere where your boss is not happy with you. So why don't you go figure that out? Yeah. yeah. And, and I found that, you know, from my own mistakes as a business owner, that if you're not addressing issues head on and you're not trying to correct situations, it makes your other employees unhappy. And it just, it does. Like they are upset that the manager or one of us is not addressing the yeah. person and the issue. And it, it is, it's, it's difficult. It creates that chain reaction between your, your, in your environment. It, it really does. And honestly, that's something I still run into today. And, and, and I think you, I don't know if there's ever getting away from that where somebody who's a, a, a rock star or thinks they're a rock star saying, well, if I'm doing this, why, why is it different for that person? Right. And so as we get bigger, I've definitely had to get less lenient where honestly, like in the beginning, my philosophy was, Hey, as long as you get your stuff done, I don't care. Like I, that literally came out of my mouth yeah. where now five years later, it's like, well, no, you have to be here at nine o'clock because when you come in at nine Oh seven, the people that were all here at eight fifty five get really pissed off and that's not fair to them. And so, so I, yeah, so I have to have you here where five years ago, I would not have cared at all. I've been like, Hey, make sure you work the extra five. As long as you get your sales, as long as you get your thing done, like I don't care. And like, I, I have to now because everything needs to be fair ish, you know? And that's, and that's like a growing pain. I think anybody, you know, this podcast is for people who are trying to grow their service-based business. And, you know, a lot of owners get stuck. And I think this is one of the areas where we get stuck because how you handled your business before is different than how you handle the business as you grow, which is kind of what you just said. Um, you know, kind of going in a little bit different direction um, on, you know, we talked about now we're owners before you were an owner, all of us worked at some point for other people. And so can, you know, I, we've shared in prior podcasts, um, I was fired from a job. I had a pretty dramatic uh, firing at one point, Jerry Maguire style and um, not with a fishbowl, but had two people <laughs> walking out with their binders after me. Um, and I mean, it was not a good leaving. How have how have you parted ways with employers in the past? Have you uh, left jobs or have you gotten fired and kind of how those situations came about and did you learn from them? Oh, man. Uh, my breakups are usually pretty dramatic. <laughs> they really are. Yeah, well, I wouldn't want them to be like that. It's unfortunately, I mean... I always try to look at what I could have done differently, but I'll be like, this is their fault. Right. Like it was their fault in these situations. So, <laughs> so um, the, the, the two times in my really adult life, because I got into credit repair and, um, and then kind of the ownership role uh, when I was 19, almost 20. So I definitely got fired before that when I was a teenager, just for being a, a not a, a dependable person at all. Um, mm -hmm. but, okay. but since then, my, my, my breakups have been, 
they would, they would love to fire me after the fact. But like what happened was on the first one, I got hired as like a, a sales guy, basically like a telemarketer at this credit repair company. And that's my first introduction to credit repair was as just a, a marketer uh, when I was like 19 years old. Um, I saw the potential in it though. And I saw that this could be an industry to help a lot of people. And I saw that that wasn't the owner's intention. They were just trying to make, um, and they didn't even tell me that they owned a mortgage company out of like the back of the shop. Basically they had opened up a net branch. And so, so when I thought that we were trying to help people fix their credit, really, I was just trying to generate mortgage leads for this dude. So on top Mm -hmm. of that, then he started not paying me and was just a, just a bad person. Like just one of those people where, you know, you, you look yourself in the mirror and you're like, Oh no, like, why do I have anything to do with this person? Like, this is no good. You know, just, just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to like tell my parents that I was friends with this person. So, you were working for them. And, and I think you, and you were making good money at the well, time. So it's hard to leave job, yeah, so at a job this like one, that. I was made like, I should have been making good money. I should have been making like, for, for being a 19 year old, three, four grand a month, you know, and, and I would have been pretty happy with that for a while, but then they started not paying me. So then I was like, well, then I'm going to leave and go do this myself. So I moved like an hour and a half away, uh, thought I was giving that company plenty of room to do their thing and me to do mine. Mm-hmm. They didn't like that kind of tried to come after me, but luckily they were so bad with finances that they couldn't, you know, really do much about it <laughs> legally. Um, you know, to, to even, you know, give me problems. So at that point it kind of launched my, or, uh, my first company, American credit repair. Then I sold that company like three and a half years later to another company that I, I won't go into too much detail about right now, but we worked there for six and a half years. And then we left that okay. one. That's where, that's where the drama happened. That's where it's like, I'll oh, get your popcorn and I'll tell you the whole <laughs> oh, give us just yeah. a recap of, of, of D-Day. Yeah, so, so basically, um, over six and a half years, it was like I was selling my soul just a little bit more every day because at some point, the ignorance wore off and I realized like, this is who you're doing business with. This is where you're at. This is whether you like it or not, what you're supporting. And so it was actually crazy. What December 5th. Oh my God, it's been five years ago today. I walked into that office. Oh my gosh, that's one of our anniversaries for a big departing too. We were just saying that. It must be one of those yeah, days. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. I should put up a post today that says like, leave your own day. <laughs> Maybe we can we can create like a, a, a posse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, employers everywhere will just hate us. Well, the bad. <laughs> um, so I go, I go to this guy and at this point, I mean, I'm having females, um, you know, strong women come into my office every day and say, Sam, he said this to me. He did this to me, like disgusting things that a woman should never have to hear, especially not in a professional environment. And you're right. I was making good money at the time and I'm ashamed to admit it, but I was just trying to make make it all better. I would go to the guy, I'd say, Hey dude, you can't say stuff like this anymore. I'd go to the girl. Hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of it. Right. And I'd, and I'd, I'd do my thing. And at some point he had said something to my wife and that was it. So I, I, that's a no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, and, and luckily I wasn't in the same room at the same time. I mean, I don't want to be the guy who's like, Oh, I would have cooked his ass. But I mean, I would have like, I mean, the thing that he said to her was you, I mean, you don't say that to anybody, much less someone. Yeah. much less an employee. I mean, it was a, it was a very vulgar, 
um, and, and graphic suggestion in either group. Um, and, and, and then he, you know, anyway, uh, you know, I, I, I could, uh, I could tell you so many stories, but I won't. But so I, I, uh, I go to the guy and I say, Hey, this is just not an environment that we can be a part of anymore. Uh, we've decided that we're going to move to Arizona. We are going to be in credit repair. And the reason I specified that to him was because this guy's MO is that, and I'd watched him to do it to several of his best friends over the years, where if you try to part ways with the guy, he's a suit. I'm going to sue you. I'm going to come after you. So I told him, Hey, listen, we're moving to Arizona. We're not even going to do business in Iowa. You can come after us if you want, but I, I wouldn't suggest it. And so a couple days went by. He was like, you know, I can, I can handle that. You know, uh, you know, I understand your need to do that. And then a couple days went by and he just turned into who he was. And all of a sudden he realized, oh my God, this guy's not going to make me money anymore or, or this isn't going my way. I don't control it. And then I got the 60 letter. Yep. I got the sit. Well, it was a book, a 67 Holy cow. Non-compete lawsuit that he was fighting against mm. us, even though we were going to be 1,600 miles away. So that was uh, that was the last breakup before my credit guy. And then, you know. Oh, that's fun. And, I've, we, and Andre and I both had our lawsuits. And it's crazy as business owners, like how you, like before, right? And sometimes that's what drives you. Do you find that some of the things that your former boss did Affects or changes how you then? Oh my God, one hundred percent, absolutely. Because I have such a sense of empathy for everybody that works for me. Because I, I mean, whether it's it's specifically about how my the strong women that work for me feel and that they're valued the way that they should be, which is a huge point to me. Um, I mean, our our company is made up of like 85% women just absolutely crushing it here, doing amazing things for me. And, you know, I'm very cognizant of what they're paid. The fact that they, that it can just never be that it's the same bullshit as is out there right now, where a woman makes less than a man, just because you can get away with it. It just, so, so that's, that's one thing that I pay special attention to, but just as as simple as what's the feel in my office, because it was like, we would be having a good time at that office. And then that dude would walk in and it was like a wave of just adrenaline, like negative adrenaline would just get deposited into like the pit of your stomach and it would just be a black cloud. And so like, I'm very cognizant of that. And that's why, yeah, you're right. That's why our number one rule is you must be a pleasure to work with because it was horrible to work there. You know, it just wasn't fun. No. Megan and I were briefly discussing that yesterday because even though you can be in kind of that toxic environment, some people still never learn to be better bosses. You know, they they get stuck in that mentality of, well, I should be a really bad boss because I had a really bad boss, you know? And so for Megan and myself, and it sounds like you as well, you know, you learn from those bad bosses. You learn what not to do. You learn how not to act. You learn how not to treat people. Um, so I'm really glad to hear that that you've learned some things from that because some people just, they never learn. Yeah, right. and that's, that's just so silly because then you become what you hate and because that's what I learned. Like, that's just, like... I don't know. That's where I want to shake people and just be like, take some accountability. Like if you, 
if you want to change something, change it. Especially when you're an entrepreneur, you literally get to write the rules of when we come in every morning, we will high five. And I'm not saying I make people do that. I do make people do that. (laughs) I'm just saying that can be a rule and you can control it and you can control things. You can push them to be so great or you can make it so shitty in an environment. It's just, why wouldn't you decide to make it a, a, a happy place? You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. One of the things that we also hear a lot is, you know, studies say that people leave jobs. They don't leave jobs. They leave bad bosses. What are your thoughts on that? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Um, I think that they only leave jobs if there's a better opportunity that the current place can't match as long as the culture is correct. So absolutely, um, 90% of the time, I think that they are leaving a boss or an environment that the boss has created or allowed to exist. Um, and I say that because, you know, I have an office in Iowa that I'm not there, but at the end of the day, the buck stops with me and that environment I control because I'm the owner. So yeah, I, I think that people leave bosses, environments, and cultures more than the job for sure. But like like I said, those, those other things are controlled by the boss. Um, and, and it's my job to make it so that nobody would ever want to leave here, that I would never lose a talented or intelligent person or a person with a growth mindset because I can accommodate them every step of the way, you know, I see some bosses where, or, or some situations where people outgrow their opportunity or their position. And it's just like, gosh, as a boss, why would you ever let that happen? Why wouldn't you create a position that's more suited for their talents that makes you money and keeps them really, really happy and keeps that talent in your company, you know? So can you give us an example, like for, you know, our, our businesses are somewhat similar. Like you have salespeople and then you have your support people. And so if you have a great salesperson who's crushing it and they want more, they want to like, and you didn't have another office, let's say like what, what kind of opportunity would you think through to be able to create something? Well, and that's where I look at it. You know, I mean, everybody can win in a situation like that as an owner, you're, most people's ultimate goal is to have a self-sustaining business where you can go be on a beach or a boat or with your family or doing something besides sitting in an office. And then you have somebody literally raising their hand in front of you saying, I want to manage, I want to grow, I want this. And at a phase that, you know, 10 years ago, that was me. I was like, I'll work 18 hours. I just want, don't give me a ceiling. Let me make as much money as I possibly can. So that's a situation where I would sit down with that person and be like, I need to be very clear on what it is that you want before I give you something that you can't handle. And then that's that's those clear cut expectations. And then and then uh, the, the non-negotiables of, okay, well, if we're going to make this happen, <clears throat> then here's absolutely what I would need from you. But that's where you just have to talk to your people and figure out, you know, are you loving your position? Is there, is, and you don't want to, <clears throat> you don't want to open doors that you don't want people to go through. So you don't want to constantly be saying like, is there something else in the company that you'd rather do? I mean, this is like a merit-based thing where somebody has done such a good job that it's just undeniable and you really don't want to lose their talent. Right. And sometimes you're, the people are in a great position for them and they, they do want something more. So it's, it's getting creative. Um, one of the things that I had wanted to ask you as a business owner is what would you say is one of the most difficult parts of being a business owner? Um, you know, like for me, for example, 
until I found Andre, it I felt it was lonely because you have to make these hard decisions sometimes. And, you know, you, you I feel like sometimes we we could get looked at like we need to be perfect and we're not perfect. We're human like everyone else. Um, and those hard decisions wear on me. And I don't, you know, what are the things that are hardest for you about running a business? Yeah, I mean, those de- Luckily, I've always had Trish, my wife and business partner, to bounce things off of. I've had good people next to me a lot of the way so I can I can talk to people. But I still take the decisions that I have to make super seriously, like when I have to fire somebody or when I have to have a tough talk or whatever. Because at the end of the day, maybe I think too far through and I'm like, I'm affecting this person's life. I'm affecting their family. And so one thing that I've had to get better at is realizing I'm also affecting another 30 people's families if I don't correct this one person. And so that's been tough is to really start thinking of my company as a living, breathing organisms that other people, beings, family, children are dependent on. So I can't let that one person go rogue anymore because what if that sends a ripple effect through two or three other families, you know? And so that's been tough for me to find that balance of, I, I always want to be close to my, my crew. Um, but at the same time, finding that where it's, Hey, this is black and white. I'm a business owner and, and you're doing this and it's affecting. So that's just such a tough balance. And so that's my, that's been my number one hang up is, is finding that balance where I still want to be like the cool, friendly guy, but at the same time, like we got to get shit done. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a line that we struggle with sometimes just because we're so, we're such givers, right? We want to be the cool bosses, but at the same time, when something's not getting down, done, you've got to lay the hammer down and then they look at you like you're such a bleep and, you know, and it's like, mm, no, we're not. It's just that I need you to get this done. Um, so we can totally understand that, that there. And then I think, you know, I just wanted to say thank you for allowing us to talk about this sensitive topic, I think, you know, and so to wrap up this one, one of the questions I was going to ask when you were talking about you were 19 and you left, for anybody listening, let's say that they're an employee and they have been fired, right? And that listening, like, how can they move past that? And how can they explain the new companies that they are going and trying to get a job for? And, and you know, do you give recommendations to people who have left? Like, that's that hard, sensitive area, Right. Yeah, you know, I I will give a recommendation if they left, if it just wasn't a good fit. If they had a a really bad attitude or if I fired them because they were detrimental to the team, they should probably leave me off of their resume just because I'm going to try to look out for other business owners and other families of companies as well. And so that being said there's always tomorrow, you know, and, and what I would do is if I was an employee that was leaving is I would either, if your boss is horrible, just explain that to the next person, look them in the eye and say, listen, it was an environment that I could no longer be a part of because my whatever, you know, didn't align with what they were doing. And somebody like me or you is going to understand that and appreciate. Right. Uh, If it was because they messed up, I would also take that opportunity to be super honest and to say, look, 
I didn't realize the opportunity I had in front of me until it was too late. And that's something I would never let happen again. Here's exactly where I let them down. And here's exactly the decisions that I've made so that that would never be an issue again. You know, I don't know that you would ever have to get that into it granularly, but I just wouldn't, I would just be honest about it and, and, and let your future employer know that you've recognized things and that you've changed things. Cause that's really what I want to see is, is that you're growing and that you're not just somebody that's like, well, I, well yeah, I'll tell you one thing. I left the last place cause they sucked. And then the place before that, Oh my God, they don't even let me get into that. That's <laughs> right. Right. No. And Oh my gosh, yeah. seriously, this brings me to something that this is entertaining because we've been skating a little bit about like our crazy stories about us, but <laughs> I worked at a place once in the last 15 years, and there was an employee at this place that um, had been working there for six to nine months, and this person didn't show up for work one day, and that day turned into a full week, and this person didn't call, let anybody know. It was crazy, right? So the week, the week goes by, and this person's significant other ends up like calling the office and telling the office manager that the employee had been in the hospital that he had some like major brain, like, I don't know if it was like a tumor, but like some like story. And we were like, oh my gosh, like take whatever time you need. Well, with the second time it happened and he, the person disappears again, we started doing some more research. They had a, they were in jail. <laughs> they were in jail. And they didn't want to be honest about it. It could have, I think, you know, I don't know if it was something from like a year ago, but if, it, you know, like even in a crazy situation, if one of our employees had come and been like, listen, I screwed up a couple years ago. Like I have to go do jail time for a week. <laughs> like, but it's being honest. Like you said, like it, it's, it's being honest because that person did not stay working at the company we were at, obviously. Yeah, no, and I've had exactly that. Out here in Arizona, the OWI laws are, I guess I should say they're good, but they're very strict. Like it's a 0.02 and then judgment by the police officer if he thinks you're impaired. So basically, if you get caught after a beer, you're getting an OWI. So anyway, I had a lady that had started that uh, was honest with me, came to me and was like, hey, so... A couple weeks ago, or maybe it was longer than that. She's like, I got in trouble. I got to spend the nights. Like that was back when there was tent city out here. With, I uh, just saw uh, something about that. I didn't know such things yeah, existed. And, and, yeah. So this lady for two weeks had to go check in every night oh out in, in the desert and sleep on a cot <laughs> and, then, and then drive to work. She was honest with me. She was embarrassed about it. She was remorseful. And I was totally fine with the fact that she needed to do that. And she was late more than she was on time, but she was honest with me and, and I knew what was going on. And she just knew that, Hey, I'm there for you right now. I'm being understanding. And then that's just kind of the stuff where it's not like there's a scoreboard where I'm like, now you got to be cool later. It's just that I'm understanding. And I just, I, I hope that that is appreciated and acknowledged and that you like working here and that you do a good job for me, you know? So no. yeah, just be honest. Like, I mean, there's, it's going to come back around sooner or later. You might as well give us the chance to be cool bosses instead of make us be, you know, mean ones when we find out the truth. I know grown up is tough, key. isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It really is. And th honestly, there's so many things that I run into at, like that I have to deal with where, 
the ones that I really hate where I'm just scratching my head like, no, 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 we're all adults <laughs> No, here. no, don't do that. <laughs> this can't be happening because we're all over the age of 20. I don't understand. Yeah. But you know what? I, from having children and I have, you know, young children, I have my one and three and nine and 11. It has helped me because I swear I look at people and I'm like, they're just that grown up child. Like we all have these tendencies to do stupid crap here and there. And to have that, like you said, it creates that empathy. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, it's, it's just... I, I try to do the same thing. And then I'm like, am I being mean by, by applying like rules of parenting to like my grown employees? And, and so here's, here's where it's not mean at all is, is that it's like, if I was the, if I was in control on the playground, getting to tell everybody else what to do, then it would be a different dynamic than if I was being told what to do by somebody else. And that's where they're at, you know, so they don't have the control that we have. And so, um, you do have to apply similar rules because you are the one in charge and there are other people jockeying for position and attention and accolades and money and all that good stuff. But yeah, it's, uh, it's just a, it's just an everyday thing. Yeah. Right. Yes. We understand that. Sam, we're going to wrap things up. Thank you so much for joining us today on our episode of Leaving Jobs, Getting Fired, and Firing. We really appreciate your time. And Sam, if somebody was looking for you or was interested in your services, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, you can uh, go to our website, mycreditguy.com. You can call us, 866-726-7339, or email me, sam at mycreditguy.com. Awesome. We'll also make sure to post that information. And Sam, thank you again for having, for being with us. <laughs> Have an awesome rest of your day. All right. Bye, Dre. Bye, Megan. Thanks. Bye. bye, guys. Hey, collaborators. I just wanted to say I appreciate any and all of you out there who have joined Andre and I on this journey and sharing just the lessons and the people we've met along the way. And it would mean the world to us if you would hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, and more than anything, getting some feedback from any of you that are starting a business. If you have a business and you have questions or needs or a specialty you want to share, you can reach out to us on our website at thecolablife.com and our Instagram handle as well, The Colab Life. You can also find us on Facebook or YouTube at The Colab. And you can email us at hello at thecolablife.com. Thanks again for joining us and stay tuned next week.